What's going on, wrestling fans? Welcome into the show. I wanted to take some time out and talk to you today about my good friend Chris Cars over at SwitchCustomApparel.com. Switch Custom Apparel is your one-stop shop for all your business and promotional needs. Chris is personally working with me to help build my t-shirt for this very podcast. Chris is an awesome guy to work with, and he can help you with any of your promotional, logo, or embroidery needs. Reach out to him on switchcustomapparel.com or reach out to me on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook, and I will put you in touch with Chris. That is all for now. Let's get right to the show. What's going on, everyone? Welcome into Near Falls with D. Hall, a wrestling podcast. Here we go. What's going on, wrestling fans? Welcome into another edition of Near Falls with D Hall, a wrestling podcast. Today, we have two super special guests. Uh, before we get into all that, I want to announce, uh, make a little announcement, Mr. Mark Vano, who will be the co-host today, and he will be the co-host going forward. I have added to him to the podcast. Super excited to bring him on. I think you guys are really going to appreciate his analytical side. He's very good with numbers, and he's going to bring a completely different approach to the podcast than what I typically bring. So, uh, you know, super excited to have Mark part of the brand. And, uh, you know, we're going to get him a Twitter. We're going to get him moving on the uh, wrestling Twitter side of things. As toxic and as good as it is, uh, you know, we'll definitely get into all that. But the main attraction of the evening is the story of Mr. Vince D'Augustine, uh, the Hempfield area head coach. And there's no other thing else to say, but let's bring these boys into the podcast. Hey, Donnie, what's, going what's going on, on? fellas? Welcome into the podcast. Mark, how you doing, brother? Hey, Donnie, I'm great. Thank you for uh, bringing me in, and uh, I'm looking forward to working with you, man. I'm very excited about this. Yeah, for sure, dude. And I think that, you know, like I said, the number side of things, for instance, you know, we're going to talk a little bit about it tonight, but, you know, you did an outline already for, for Vince's podcast here. And some of the numbers and some of the statistics that you brought up is really eye-opening, and we're going to get into that. And uh, very, very cool and just kind of shows you the dominance that Vince's had the last you know few years uh uh in the whippeal so vince welcome What's into up? the podcast so excited to have you on uh you know we've talked a few times at the tournaments uh first time on the podcast though uh you taught me you tell me you listen often do you enjoy the podcast i do yeah i do um it's just um i was waiting for that invite man it was tough to get so i'm excited uh, i'm excited yeah. to be to be one of the guests man i appreciate everything you've done uh for the sport it was good seeing you at uh powerade right yeah powerade and Whippios. you know i got a little dude at home i try to get out as much as i can but you got to earn them brownie points when you can you know what i mean <laughs> no doubt about it <laughs> so let's start it off like this man 
you know, we, we talked a little bit off air, and, and you, you, you really kind of started not so much in Hempfield, but more the Jeanette Jr. program. Talk about kind of your emphasy in the wrestling world, and also, you know, you're a multi-sport athlete. So talk about the early going about, like, you know, you wanted to play just more than just one sport. You wanted to do more than just wrestling. Yeah, so I started off with, with like you said, uh, three sports. I was wrestling, baseball, um, football when I was uh, – all the three of those sports started when I was eight. Uh, but I did give wrestling a try when I was six and um, just didn't like it at all. Cried cried for a while. Disappointed the family, I think, because <laughs> I have a re- wrestling family growing up. Um, I have a cousin that was a multiple-time uh, state placement or uh, Jim Brasco. And, um, so I think they were kind of excited for me to kind of follow in his footsteps. But when I came home crying, um, I don't think they were too excited about that. So anyway, I took off. So from when I was six to I was eight, I gave it a try again and just fell in love with the sport. Um, so yeah, at that point I was, I was in the Jeanette program till I was 10. And then when I was 10 till I was, I think it was 14 and under, um, I went to Hemfield. So it was good. It was, uh, it was it was good to be a three sport athlete. I think growing up, it's rare nowadays, but um, it it was uh, it, it was it was good. So let me ask you this, Vince, and this is something that I find interesting. You know, over this way, over this area, around that time, you know, you guys there there wasn't even many clubs around. So it was it more training just at your high school and with guys that you knew right around your area, or did you kind of have a club? sort of thing that you went to and trained with a bunch of different guys so no i was i was not a club guy at all i mean obviously they didn't have them as much as they have now i mean not even close actually the only club right. around here was and you had to be invited was was Virtus jones's dad had a had a club and it was like every time they came into a every time they came into a tournament it said jones wrestling on their singlet and had their name on the back you were like oh shit man i gotta wrestle these guys so <laughs> it was it was intense and 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 those guys you know i really consider him you know the, the, I guess the pioneer behind behind the clubs, and then and then uh, Coach Waller got involved shortly after. Um, but as far as you know, I'm I'm concerned. For, for me, I didn't do much. Um, you know, we'd go over some some guys' houses, maybe in their garage and stuff. But as far as a club, uh, I didn't do that at all, actually. So. Um, you know, you, you talk about you kind of getting your training, but you, you eventually you move over to Hempfield and you start going there. And, you know, we talked a little bit off air as you got into your ninth grade year, you kind of had a little bit of an issue coming onto the varsity team. Um, you know, we're going to talk about the different roadblocks that we've had that, you know, you have in your career. I think this is probably one of your early ones that we talked a little bit about. Yeah. So break that story down and, and talk about how kind of you move past it and, and move yeah. on. Yeah. So, so as I, I think we talked about earlier was a little bit about, um, you know, I, I wasn't a super successful junior Olympic athlete. Um, I was a three time state runner up, which is, which is pretty good, but just felt like I could never win. I think it was I always- Vince, 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 hold up, buddy. Hold up. Three times state runner up is better than pretty good, my friend. And, and I understand, I understand wow. that you're, you, you know, you're at, you put yourself at a different level. You want to be at the top of the level, but three-time run-up is very good, my friend. Well, I appreciate that. I just didn't think it was too good. I mean, I, I just had the, and it was, and and let's be honest, it was always that top of the age group, right? 10, 12, 14. So, I mean, I kind of felt like I should have, I should have been pretty good at the, at that point, but 
Yeah, I, I don't know. So I, I think that going into high school, the expectations that I had were not, you know, um, maybe to win a state title at that point because of my success or my lack of success earlier. So as I was telling you earlier, when I went to, um, you know, I wasn't invited up to the varsity team as a ninth grader. I had to petition to the, to the school board to actually get a wrestle off. And then once I did that, um, then that season was, was for me, was um, uh, between my eighth and ninth grade year was where I think I, I gained the most success in the practice room. Um, and, and obviously throughout my ninth grade year, um, I made some, some really good improvements. So, um, and, and- and and Vince, there was uh, I I think we remember I was talking we were talking earlier and uh, you, there was one freshman on the team already. That's why and that was kind of the Hemfield rule, right? There was only allowed to be one freshman on the team at once. Now was that uh, Rob Gordon, Brian Burrows? Who who was the uh, the the roadblock for you? The one guy. So so Brian Burrows was the guy, and he was a you know multiple time junior Olympic state champ. Um, so they invited him up. And as I said earlier, his, his dad and our head coach were pretty good friends. I don't know that it was a school rule that, that, um, that you did, couldn't have more than one freshman. I, it was, it was more of a rule that said, um, the excuse I got was we don't want to take the spotlight off of one freshman and have two up there. So kind of, you know, what I would consider a shitty excuse, right? Yeah. Trash. So, so that's what you don't want to make I your team better that. is what it sounds like. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. So I went up there and, and, and my ninth grade year was, um, was entertaining to say the least. I was, I, you know, I was 30 and 11. Um, I, I ended up 30 and 11 that year, but was second in the state. And it was, uh, and conveniently enough that, other freshmen didn't play. So I kind of got the last laugh when, when Mm -hmm. it comes to that, but, um, it was, it was a situation. It was, um, you know, I got beat up a little bit. I started the year 152 and then, and then went down actually into Virtus Jones's weight at 145. Um, so, uh, and I ended up taking second. So it was, it was a good year. Um, so, but it was, yeah, I had a chip on my shoulder obviously with, with not getting the invite up. So, for sure. Right. I, so I think, I think, oh, I, I, I think it's funny that uh, when you talk about how an entertaining year when uh, you finished second in the state as a freshman and you needed to petition to get there. What a uh, what an incredible freshman year you had. Uh, and honestly, it when I look back at it, it only continued from there. Yeah, for sure. And it was, it, you know, it was one of those things where people thought, I think I was a little bit crazy going down into that 145 because Virtus was the guy around here. And I was never going to be a section champ, uh, you know. And that was the year they had actually a WPIL tournament and a Southwest Region tournament for AAA. Um, so you had to kind of go through two. And that was just, I think it was one year. It's because uh, the City League was involved with that. So mm. essentially, you wrestled the same tournament twice. So I wrestled Virtus in the, in the finals, um, my, in the section finals, in the Whippeal finals, in the regional finals. Then we were, we were separated, that state bracket. And we both ran into a gentleman by the name of Scott Kurtz, who was from, uh, Shemokin. And he was, um, he beat up Virtus in the semis and beat me up in the finals. So it was interesting. So let me ask you this, Vince, obviously at the same time, you're, you, you know, you're starting your wrestling career, you're starting to cultivate what you become as a successful wrestler. But at the same time, you know, we need to talk about this backstory. You're becoming a stud in baseball. You know what I mean? Obviously, we'll talk about this down the road, but 
What gains did you make? And do you attribute your mentality from wrestling to becoming as good as you did in baseball? Yeah, for sure. I mean, the one thing that I enjoyed about baseball more than anything else was, you know, it was, it was just the relaxation. You know, I was able to go from such a grind to be able to relax a little bit and kind of uh, take my mind off of wrestling. I never did freestyle. Um, well, I shouldn't say I never did it. I tried a tournament, got tech followed. Like, uh, I think was... we've all done that, Vince. I yeah. did that one time. And, and let me steal a spotlight real quick. I, I want to tell a good story. No worries. We were wrestling at a tournament, and you know Mike Johnson, my coach, real well. Yeah. We were wrestling a tournament in Connellsville, and I was wrestling at actually Anthony DiLeonardo, if, yeah. if, if you guys remember him from Plum. And he was yep. way bigger than me. He launched me across the mat, and Johnson was like, all right, that's it, bud. We're done for the day. <laughs> and he shut the match down and pulled me off because I had literally no idea what I was doing. But freestyle is wild, yeah. man. Freestyle is crazy. But sorry, go ahead, Vince. It, no, it is wild. And I think that's what a lot of these folk style guys that, that are, you know, that – in order for them to get their mind maybe off of folk style a little bit that, you know, they go into freestyle and it's a little more, um, you know, relaxing. So for, um, you know, for me, that was baseball. That was my outlet. Um, so I was able to do that. And of course, any, I think anytime you're, you know, you're in the sport of wrestling that you can take that stuff to, to any sport. And if you're able to take that, that wrestling mentality into baseball, then you're going to be, you know, I think you're, you're going to be successful. So Vince, when you say that that wrestling mentality, I mean we as wrestlers, we all kind of know what that means. But to you, when you define that wrestling mentality, what's that mean to you? Yeah, I mean it's just being being able to put yourself in uncomfortable situations and push through them and succeed. Um, and and that's really, you know, I think when I when I got to college and decided to play baseball, I think that's what separated me from from some of the other guys is just the ability to when you're in a cage, when you're when you know, for me I was a catcher. So for me when I was doing blocking drills, right? Not many people want to put not many people want to put the pads on, right? And block balls when they're when it's 90 degrees out, but for me it's like that that's kind of an environment that you're used to, right? Hot environment, trying to push through. Um, and the big thing is you know, anytime you face any kind of adversity in the sport of wrestling that, you know, your character's exposed a little bit. And, and, and I think if you take that to, you know, not just any other sport, but any aspect of life and, and you're able to, um, you know, show some, some big character that, um, you know, you're going to be successful in a lot of things you do. All right, Vince, you talk about that wrestling mentality. You talk about, you know, having some setbacks and, and, and the mental grind you know, your sophomore year, you come off a state champion, you know, a state finals run your freshman year, your sophomore year, you don't place at the state tournament. That obviously had to have been kind of uh, either an eye opener, you know, you being a coach now, you've seen it probably hundreds of times. Guys, you know, fall short and they come back with a vengeance. Is Was, was that the case for you? You fell short and then you're like, all right, let's get at it now. Yeah, honestly, I think it's a thick move. You brought that year up. Be honest with you. <laughs> no, no, I think uh, we yeah, had exactly. to. Yeah, no doubt. No, I think the biggest thing is is so I had that success of being a state runner up, and and I wasn't. Um, you know, my father did. You know, he never wrestled, but he did a really good job of showing me. You know how to work hard. And you, we talked about not having clubs and stuff like that. For so my club was lifting and running constantly. Right, and that's the extra that I did, and. Going into my ninth grade year, my entire ninth grade year, there wasn't days that there there probably wasn't 
five days throughout the whole year that I missed doing them. Um, so I was constantly doing that stuff and that was kind of my extra work that, um, you know, allowed me to be successful as a, as a freshman going into my sophomore year, there was days where I can tell you that there was probably 20, 30 days where I didn't do that extra work. Um, and, and I was still somewhat successful as a Whippeal champ. Um, so I didn't really, I think I was, hell, I don't know what my record was, but, um, you know, I was, I was somewhat successful. So you really don't see, um, you know, I didn't think that I was not working hard until I get to the state tournament. And then, uh, you know, like you said, I went two and two and it was a big eye opener for me, but then I could look back and say, Hey, this is what I did wrong. I mean, I know exactly where I did things wrong. You know, there would be people there. It says, Hey, you need to, you need to work out and you need to work out harder. So I did that. And, and, and I think going into my junior year, again, just like my freshman year, I had something to prove. Cause I think a lot of people maybe thought my freshman year was a fluke. And so it was an opportunity for me to go out and, and compete hard and, and uh, get back to that uh, state finals. Well, Vince, just so you know, uh, I have it pulled up right now. You were 30 and 11 your freshman year. You were 35 and four. You only lost four freaking matches that year, and you DNP. Uh, like you said, maybe a dick move for us to have brought that up. But uh, I mean, yeah. you didn't lose. You didn't lose any more than uh, you lost three matches at, from uh, junior and senior year on. So you obviously found something in that uh, in that DNP. Yeah, no, no doubt. I mean, that's a, that's an eye opener. And, and I think Donnie, you, you alluded to uh, maybe a little bit earlier is all this stuff that I went through, um, in high school allowed me to, um, you know, take that into coaching. So when we have situations like that, and, and there's a few that come to mind where I can sit down with a kid and be like, Hey, listen, did you do everything that you needed to do in order to accomplish your goal? Well, no, you didn't work out here or you slacked here. And, you know, I think that helps me a little bit as a coach because those guys know that I've been through pretty much um, everything that, that they're going to go through. Um, so, you know, I, I think it, it obviously helps me uh, to, to be a good coach and it, and it helps um, with the trust factor, too, with, with the kids. So, you know, and, and I love that, Mince, but bottle that energy. We got a lot to talk about your coaching. We, I know you don't like to talk about yourself, but we're going to talk about your junior and senior year. Right. Your state championship run, so special, man, in PA. And, and, you know, David Taylor tweeted about this not long ago whenever all the state championships were going on. Even the U.S. state championship, winning a, winning a Pennsylvania state title is something special. You, we, you know, we had our NCAA championship this past weekend. It was littered with Whippeo and PA guys all through the finals and the All-American rounds. Winning a Pennsylvania state title is something special. What was it like to win your first one after three years of trying to get it? Yeah, I mean the first one was was something I will never ever forget. Um, you know, obviously in the old giant in the old Hershey Park Arena, um, you know, there's pipes leaking and no no warm up areas and stuff oh, like that. Man. But was, and, and but the people around there, the people around there, they look at it as like a historic arena. Like you know, Will yeah. Chamberlain scored a hundred in that arena, right? No so doubt. like, yep. So you know, it's got a historic and people like. People get mad when you talk bad about that arena, but it's a dump, you know? Yeah, down. for sure. And I, I mean, it's, it's Rough. obviously special to me, but there's no possible way you could do that now. I mean, I remember, no. I remember rolling out mat. There, there was mats rolled out in the locker room and you literally, I mean, it was, when I say mats, I mean, they were like the ones you have in your garage and they're rolled out, and <laughs> you know, you're bumping into people left and right. And, and to be honest though, 
I mean, warming up for wrestling matches now compared to then is, you know, I mean, I might have bent down and touched my toes like five times before, you know, that was my warm up. <laughs> but now we're like getting crazy with these kids and they're wrestling like, you know, it's like full out practices. But yeah, it was special for me. It was special to be able to to hop up in the stands and, you know, hug my mom and dad. And, uh, you know, that's, that's something I'll never forget. And in that match, I faced some adversity. I wrestled, um, you know, Roan, um, who was, you know, a Nazareth guy who's really, you know, ended up being a national champ for Lehigh. Um, so I wrestled him and, um, he took, he took me down right away and, and cut me. So I said, well, I got my work cut out for me here. So, um, <laughs> but then I proceeded to, you know, beat him and the score was 10, four, but it was a lot closer than that. I think it was, it was five, four with about, um, eight seconds or so to go. And he tried to, you know, lateral drop me, but you know, to beat somebody like that was, was special as well. And you know, what's crazy is man, you, you talk about, he, he takes you down and then cuts you. That's a cocky move. Like, all right, I'm going to drill on this guy right off the bat. And for you to come back and say, nope, I'm going to win this. That's a baller move, man. I commend you on that. That's awesome. Yeah, I appreciate it. Yeah, I didn't I wasn't. I didn't really expect to get – well, I didn't expect to get taken down. Then I didn't expect to get cut. Uh, so it's interesting. But, <laughs> so, yeah, it is what it is, man. Yeah, for sure. And then you follow up your senior season. You know, you win your championship again your senior season. Um was it kind of just cruise control, man, or were you really focusing on the next step? Because, you know, when did you officially commit to Buffalo? Yeah, so no, not really cruise control at all. I mean, there was some um, – it's getting recruited pretty heavy going into my senior year from some some big-time schools. Um, the one I was close to signing with was Michigan State. Um, now, now, Vince, let me, let me stop you here. It, it was Michigan – so this was all for wrestling that you were getting recruited for, correct? Yeah, all for wrestling. My, my – I mean – my baseball, I was, I was good at baseball. I wouldn't say I was very good um, by any stretch to be able to get, um, you know, college coaches around. Right, I mean, some right, local right. coaches. Um, there were some local coaches. Um, I had an opportunity through a guy that I knew to, to play at uh, East Carolina, um, mm -hmm. but there wasn't much money involved with that. So, right. yeah, I mean, at that point, my focus was wrestling. I never thought about anything else at that point. But, again, I enjoyed baseball a lot more than wrestling just because um, – like I said, you, you're going from such a such an intense grind to, you know, I mean, even though I was a catcher, it was it was kind of cool to, uh, yeah, to, sure. it was it was kind of peaceful. So um, for me, yeah, then going in, it was it was just like, hey, if you sign early, we get you up here to Michigan State, and um, I just wasn't ready to sign early, and and I'll be completely honest with you, I was really immature when it came to my recruiting process. I didn't know a lot. I was ignorant to a lot of things, um, and I really didn't have the guidance that that, that I need. And again, that's something that I love doing now. I mean, I love helping kids get recruited. That is just a, a, a pleasure. And it's, it's something that, that I take, um, I take the heart because of the situation that I had to go through. Um, so, you know, going into that, I would not say I was on cruise control by any stretch. I, uh, you know, we went to the BC East tournament. I lost to Christian Luciano from Northampton. Um, Beast of the East was somewhere in December. Yeah, so I lost there, so a little eye-opener there. And then mm -hmm. I came back, and um, the other loss I had was a was actually an injury default at uh, Seneca Valley Tournament. So um, I guess I had one kind of true loss there. But it was, an, again, it was another eye-opener for me, like, say, hey, you got to get your butt in gear. So, and then, um, 
wrestled pretty good January, February, and then uh, had Koscheck in the Whitfield Finals, beat him pretty good, beat him 9 nothing. Um, so I felt at that point I was in cruise control, but then almost lost in the semis to a kid from, uh, his name was Denise Olympiev. I think he was from Waynesboro High School. Waynesboro. Maybe. Yeah, so um, he took me down, but he didn't cut me, so that's good. Um, but he took me down. <laughs> that's smart man. <laughs> yeah, I actually escaped and, and ended up winning 6-4, I think, and then had Koscheck in the that's finals right. and had a real, you know, the Waynesburg crowd up there that year was phenomenal. Um, and I snuck out a 2-1 win. I don't know. You know, it was I was down one nothing for a majority of the match and then got a reversal okay. with, with about 12 seconds to go. So it was it uh, was a reversal. It wasn't auto bottom. And then mm-hmm. everybody guess it was auto bottom, right? Yeah. So you went he down went, and Yeah, he um so so zero zero after one. He, I can tell you the whole match. Um, it's zero, awesome. Zero, yeah, that's so yeah, cool. Nah, zero, zero uh, after one. And then he took down, got out late in the second. I took down, couldn't get out. Um, and I think there was 13 Maybe seconds to go. Yeah, no, he had a uh, – he dropped down to a leg, got called for stalling once. I got back to my feet. He dropped out. He picked the leg up. So, Vince, I, so I went back in those days, when you dropped down to a leg – Obviously, it wasn't with the five-second count. What was it back in those days for a stalling call? There was a stall. I mean, it was like, you know, those guys counted to themselves, but some guys right. counted like 1,001, 1,000, right. you know what I mean? So, right, it's right, no, right. you don't get that. But the stall call was good, but there was 13 seconds to go. He had me up in the air. I went back down to – I went back down. He got on top, and I hit an elevator, reversed him, and then uh, that was, I was happy, to, happy to get out of that shit. Yeah, so it was um, – <laughs> It was interesting, but uh, yeah, so I escaped that, and and uh, you know, then then the you know the recruiting process started a little bit more. That's when you know there was there was a lot more schools involved, some some really good schools. Um, you know, I actually verbal declaring at one point, and uh, with Coach Nellis up there, um, I verbaled to him, backed out of that, decided to go to Buffalo. Um, I wrestled in the. The high school nationals at that point was was just state champ or state runner up in every state. That's the only way you got into it. Um, and high school nationals that year, I had, I had Sanderson, um, a kid named Ty Wilcox, and another kid. I took third, and a kid named Maurice Worthy, who was a national runner up for for Army, was in that bracket. So uh, Tom Ryan was at Hofstra at the time, and he was recruiting me, um, but he was a little intense for me. <laughs> so especially um, coming from baseball right yeah right so i uh i decided to to um i decided to commit to to buffalo uh i really liked their assistant coach he wrestled for Pitt. his name was sean gibbs awesome dude i mean one of the best so I decided to go up there and wrestle and and give it a shot so when you made that decision, uh, you know, obviously you, you come off two state titles. You got schools like Michigan State. You got schools like Hofstra. Why was you, – you know, you talk about the, you know, the the relationship with the assistant coach. Did you – was it a situation where you thought you can come in and wrestle right away um, as a true freshman or it just felt like the right fit for you? Yeah, I mean, it's it's uh, um, a question I've been asked a thousand times because, you know, some other school, North Carolina, Maryland, 
Um, right. You know, all kind of schools. And why did you choose Buffalo? Especially at that time. I mean, Buffalo is a little well, a little more well known now than it was then. They had some of the top recruits in the nation. Um, well, at least in this area, they had the New York State guys that that have committed there um, in years prior. And I really believe that the assistant coach was they were going to take the program to the next level. John Stutzman, who's there now as their head coach, was a um, was a senior at the time. So I believed in those guys and believed that they could get me to where, um, you know, I wanted to go. Um, when I got there, you know, I mean, and, and again, it was a full scholarship. It was, you know, here's your books. Here's your schedule. Just show up and wrestle hard. Um, but again, I was, you know, I went there probably not with the, with the best attitude of, I mean, I mean, I, I wouldn't say that actually, I, I went there with a good attitude, but it was far away too. That didn't help. I was kind of a, a baby a little bit, to be honest with you, because, <laughs> you know, I was, I went from, I went from Hemfield, you know, where, yeah, I graduated with 490 kids and I knew everybody in the school to go into, if you've ever been to the University of Buffalo, it's, it's a big, essentially it's a big 10 school in the, in the MAC conference. Um, it wasn't in the MAC at the time, but I mean, it's huge. There's 30,000 people to go there and I didn't know one person. So it was an eye opener for me. And, um, you know, I, I, I went there with, with a pretty good attitude, but it quickly, it quickly went down. So let's talk about that freshman year. I know that you said that you, uh, you gave it a shot. Jeez. NCAA qualifiers of freshman, you won two tournaments. You were second at the slippery rock open. Like let's, uh, giving it a shot. I know you, you probably, I would say you were a little better than giving it a shot. Wouldn't you say? Yeah. I mean, I, I just, I, I don't know. I think, uh, looking back, I could have probably committed a little bit more and, and, and done a little more to, to not just be an NCAA qualifier. Um, you know, and I, I'll, trust me when I tell you, I'm not, I'm not saying that that is not a good feat. I'm, I'm proud of myself for doing it. Um, but I just, I just feel like I could have been a lot better. Um, there were some things that happened throughout the year that are, that, um, you know, that worked against me a little bit. That was the year. I don't know if you guys remember this, um, because you're a, a few years younger than me, but that was the year actually two, two, two of the two of the wrestlers died in college. So I was a 58 pounder. Um, so I, I got there. So I wrestled 160 as a junior, 160 as a senior, and they wanted me there at, at 158. So the weight cut was a little, you know, a little rough. So, um, but anyway, it is what it is because you weighed in the day four. So it wasn't that big of a deal. Um, the right. issue when the two kids died, it was a kid from the university of Michigan. And I believe if I'm, and I don't want to misspoke, misspeak, but I think it was a kid from UW lacrosse that passed away too. So both of those kids passed away in the middle of the year. So what they did was they added seven pounds every weight. So 158 then became 165, which was, and then you had to weigh in an hour before um, the dual meets. So it was okay. But then I became a, I, be, I went from a, a decent size 58 to a small 65, um, and that hurt me a lot, but again, that's no excuse. I, I needed to do a better job of, of being committed both mentally and physically up there. Um, and, and again, I, I, my John Stutzman, who, who was a, a really good dude, pushed me hard. Um, the assistant coach pushed me hard, and I, and I credit them for any success that I had up there. Um, uh, but, you know, again, yeah, you're right. I mean, it was, it was, it was pretty successful. I'm happy to be a, as a true freshman, to be a, a national qualifier, but I just feel like, I just feel like I could have done a little bit better. It's one of those things though, man. I mean, you know, <laughs> you, you, you true freshman qualifier, but 
it's tough because the grind is so different and, and you go to a school where you're so foreign, you come, you know, and we talked a little bit about it where you, you know, you come from Hemphill and you spoke a little bit before you knew everyone, right? So yeah. you so ultimately decide to make the decision to go to baseball. When did that idea start to creep in your head? Yeah, I think um, one of the things I wanted to do was transfer um, after my freshman year. Um, but I was, you know, I had some, I talked to some family and some friends and they decided that it was probably in my best interest to give it another shot going into my sophomore year. I mean, and, and getting back to the success thing, I mean, I saw, I mean, I, I wrestled and beat, you know, Worthy, who was a national runner up, Roan, who was a national champ, Koscheck, who was a, who was a national champ. So my expectations, you know, if I'm, if I'm doing everything right and I'm going to a program that can get me to the next level and I'm not, I'm not blaming the program, I blame myself, but I should be taking those strides as well. So that's when I say, you know, uh, I, I didn't really that, – that that wasn't a, a, a truly successful freshman year. Um, but anyway, yeah, so I went back as a sophomore, um, and they wanted me to go 58 again. Jacob Schaus, I don't know if you remember those guys. He was a Pitt graduate. He was a Pitt transfer into, into Buffalo. Um, he was going to be the 65, let me think. They moved the weight, so it was 57, 65, 74, something like that. I think I was weighing like 190-something. Well, that dude came in and took the 74 spot, so I was going down to 65, um, which wasn't a problem. We ended up going to the uh, – um, so going into my sophomore year, we went to the Michigan State Open, um, and I got to – I was the only guy on the team to make it to the second day. Um, Stutzman was a coach then, grad assistant. Um, made it to the second day, and then – um, I was in the semis against a kid from Northwestern and nobody else was in it. So we left. Um, so I got back home and, or got back to school and decided that, you know, this is just crazy. I, I, I wasn't, it wasn't the spot for me. I needed to make a move. So, um, being childish and immature, I just decided to pack up my shit and go. So I, I literally, I literally left. I mean, I, I, I left a note for the coaches and, and, and packed up a U-Haul and, and I told my parents, I said, look, here's the deal. I've, I've been wanting to leave for a while, and you guys are either going to come get me or I'm, I'm just leaving everything here. So, um, you know, they came and got me, and um, I drove home. And actually, the assistant coach beat me home. He was actually at my house before I got home. So it was, it was a unique experience um, and, and one that, you know, I obviously have, will do everything I can to make sure that my athletes don't go through something like that. And, you know, it's so tough because you go through a situation like that and you, you pretty much you mentally break and you're like, I'm done. For I got to sure. go home and, and I got to recollect my thoughts, hit the reset button and figure out what I want to do. Um, yeah, you know, talk about baseball. I'm sorry about that. I, I No, you're got, fine, man. Yeah, no, the big thing with that was so then so what I wanted to do was um, I wanted to transfer actually to Duquesne or Pitt Johnstown. Those are the two schools that I wanted to go to and I wanted to compete at. The problem is obviously you can't enter the transfer portal at that point. You had at that right. point it was like, hey, here's the deal. Your school has to release you. So remember when I said I wrestled in the, in the Michigan State Open. So that actually constituted an entire year of, of – um, eligibility what so your then, sophomore year it did so yeah that one tournament we went Jeez, to and it was a preseason man. tournament so that sucked so i had to sit out that entire year and then i i still had to get released from my scholarship so they denied my release from the scholarship i had a hearing they denied it nca denied it so at that point i had to sit out so when i'm home right it's it's uh, november 
I'm home. I'm trying to transfer. I'm working out with some Duquesne guys, um, talking to Coach Bacour at Pitt Johnstown. Um, and they once I got denied. So I would have to sit out that entire year, which would have been my sophomore year, and the entire next year. So, so you that, literally have one year left. That's it. Yeah. Well, I might have had two years left because I can right. use a red shirt year. Red but shirt, the problem right. was um, I just wasn't willing to practice for a year and a half. And to, to yeah, compete, that's so you know much. I mean, that's and so yeah, and you couldn't get scholarship money, so because you're not released from your scholarship. So I was in a I was in a bad situation. Had some buddies that played baseball. Went up and visited St. Vincent campus, and and you know it, it was always that thing where you know I was pretty good at baseball, but let's see how good I can be, kind of thing. So I went up and 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 just uh, you know they had some grant money available. So you know it obviously wasn't a full ride, um, but it was uh, you know it was it was a much better situation for me mentally. So you make the move over to baseball, and you decide to go to St. Francis, which is obviously right down the street from you, right? You're close to home, and you kind of find what you've been looking for. You're close to home, and you start attacking baseball like you did wrestling for so many years, right? And you talked a little bit about before. You're getting them pads on when it's 95-plus degrees out, and it's Pittsburgh weather. It's 100% of humidity. Your sweat starts to sweat, right? It's disgusting outside. Yeah. So – Talk about that grind, man, and that had to set you apart. Yeah, just a real I mean, quick, just real quick, St. Vincent, right? Correct. Right. Yes. Yep. Just a correction. Yeah. Just yeah. St. Saint, Saint Vincent. What did I say? St. Francis. I'm sorry. St. Vincent. Yeah. St. Vincent. Yeah. Sorry. I always get them mixed up. For the listeners. Um, yeah, my man. You didn't say basketball this time, so that's good. That, and I thought, <laughs> you know what's wild is I, I, I called Bono and I said basketball. He goes, no, nah, bro, baseball. And I'm like, yeah, I knew that. And I said it wrong. And I called you and I said the exact same thing. And I'm yeah. like, there's no way it could be basketball because it's the same time as wrestling. Yeah. I've been around wrestling for 20 years. How do I make a bad mistake? Yeah. It's wild. <laughs> and I'm 5'2". And so. <laughs> um, no, nah, there's a lot of uh, – yeah, it was it was good. It was it was a good situation for me to get up there and compete. But I'll tell you, um, going there, I thought I was going to just jump right in. And it took me a solid um, 14 months to get going, man. I, I was it was uh, it, it was rough. It was, uh, you know, you don't think a school like St. Vincent competes. You know, you don't think there's guys out there. But I know the first maybe like the fifth pitcher we faced was throwing like 91. So you don't, you don't think you see that kind of stuff. And I certainly wasn't used to it. I didn't play in a year and a half, two years almost. So it took me a while. I was, I, I did not start when I first went there and I eventually worked my way into the lineup. And, um, you know, I was fortunate enough to, to have a really good junior year. Um, and, 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 you know, being all American that year. And it was, it was cool because it was one of those things where, um, they didn't have an All-American, I think, in the entire history of the school. So that was like 109 years. So to be the first one was a tremendous honor. Um, and, and you're right. I attribute all that to the, to the uh, work ethic that I learned from not only my father, but just the sport in general of wrestling. So it was awesome. And, you know, Vince, you know, you've talked about your father and your mother a few times on this podcast. Talk about, you know, what it is like to have a role model and a parent figure like that to kind of mold you throughout your life. They just did a really good job of, of complimenting each other. You know, my, uh, my dad was hard on me. There's no doubt about it. He didn't wrestle, but he knew what it took. He knew that, you know, just the basic and it's, and it's as simple as, as, as you can be. It's, you have to outwork people in order to beat them. 
Um, does that work out 100% of the time? No, but in the long run, it's definitely going to work out. So um, for my dad, that's one thing that he instilled in me. I mean, I literally, you know, I literally felt guilty if I didn't work out, if I didn't do something extra that day. Um, and, and it got to the point to where he didn't have to say anything to me anymore. I mean, there was times where, you know, I know that I was sick or I had the flu or something like that. And I was trying to go to bed and I just couldn't go to bed because I knew that there was possibly somebody out there that was outworking me. Um, and, and to be able to, you know, um, to grow up with that, you know, obviously there's times of, you know, you, you battle each other a little bit and that's where mom came in and she said, you know, don't worry about it. You know, just, you're, you're a good, just be a good person. And, and my mom was, you know, always there for me, no matter what they both were, but you know how moms are. So it was, uh, it was, it was pretty cool. Um, and I, I owe a heck of a lot of, um, a lot of credit to them for any success that I've had. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. I mean, your parents are always going to be a a major influence. So, but getting back into the kind of the timeline here a little bit. So you graduate from St. Vincent, what would that have been around 2001, 2002 graduating year? 2000. And I was on the, um, I was on the seven-year non-doctorate program. No, uh, all right. <laughs> no, a lot of people. All right, all right, all right. All right. For sure. No, I graduated two thousand. This stuff doesn't transfer over sometimes, man. That's, I get that's you. That's what I tell people all the time. I, um, but no, that was true. I, I lost about. <laughs> I lost a few credits, so that's you what lose I'm going a ton with of credits anyway. when you transfer. Yeah, yeah for sure. That's what. Uh, so I graduated all right. three. All right. All right. So then you started coaching at Hempfield. What was that? 2005? I was, I started to be, I was the head coach for, in 2005. I coached there in three, right. in three and four. I was an assistant under um, Roy Reese, who was actually my assistant um, when I was in high school. Um, he was the head coach at the time. So I was his assistant for two years. He started to have, you know, um, he started to have some kids. So he, um, he was then my assistant for a few years. So what brought you back to wrestling? You went you baseball and then back into wrestling. How did it happen? Yeah, I think it's hard. To, it was hard for me to, to get away. I mean, I loved um, – the big thing is my competition days were over, whether it was baseball or wrestling, and I felt like I still had – yeah, I don't have any regrets for anything that happened, um, but you still have that um, competitiveness, and I'm a very competitive person no matter what it is. And I had to find a way to kind of, and I, and I do think that a lot of people have problems when they can't coach or they, you know, they're, they're no longer competing and they don't have an outlet. Um, for me, my outlet was to, to jump back into coaching and try to help kids and, and, and do everything I could to, I mean, I used to, I've settled down a little bit, but I mean, I used to be really into it. So, um, but that, that helped me, that helped me a, a lot. Um, so you know, it was easy. It was easy to jump back in because, um, again, I wanted to help all the kids and, and, and do everything I can to make sure they didn't make the same mistakes I made. And I want to see them win and, uh, you know, not just wrestling, but in life. All right. So, man, so I want to and Mark, I'll cut you off real quick. Yeah, no, yeah, my bad. Yeah, I can't help myself. <laughs> I know it's all good. And I love that. So, uh, Vince, let me ask you a question, man. And, you know, ESPN tweeted out a little bit ago about, you know, show a picture that you'll never forget. And you showed a picture of your first ever state champion. Talk about, okay, you win a state championship as a wrestler, as an athlete. What is it like to coach a state champion? Well, for me, it was, uh, 
it was, you know, obviously it's something you will never, ever forget is coaching your first state champ. Um, and, and, and my situation was not like we had a favorite going in. The kid that won, um, Steve Santia, who was, a, who was a state champ in 2007, my first state champ at heavyweight, was, um, you know, he was, he was a friend of the family. Um, didn't start wrestling until he was in ninth grade, wrestled in middle school in ninth grade. Um, started wrestling for me in 10th and 11th was somewhat successful, but not even close. Never won a tournament, never won a tournament as a senior, always took second to a, to a kid from Cottlesville. His name was Justin Haynes. So he never literally, I mean, I'm talking Southmoreland tournament, no matter what tournament it was, he never won a tournament, lost at sections, lost at regionals, and then just lit it up at the state tournament. Um, so it was, it was a surprise, um, to everybody. And it was one of those years where, um, the finals, his match was like at 1150 at night. It was something crazy. Um, oh it was so goodness. late. There wasn't many people in there, but you would, sw- I mean, you could swear that there was 40,000 people in there. I mean, we were just, <laughs> everybody was screaming and it was just one of those moments and he pinned a kid. So, I mean, it was a kid from Mannheim central. His name is Marcus Zimmerman, I believe. Um, my man, Mark will probably look that up, but yeah, so I, he was, uh, I think it was Marcus Zimmerman from Mannheim Central, and he just he he put him on his back, and we're like, oh man, I think it was a fluke, and then he put him on his back and pinned him. So it was, it's just you know you're obviously never going to forget that kid like Briar Priest, you know what I mean? This year, who mm. just you know doesn't um, you don't really expect that to happen, and when it does, it's just the greatest feeling in the world. Mm. And you talk about Briar Priest, my man. That was incredible. It just. Uh, Watching him slowly progress and progress, and then boom, state tournament, he puts it all together and wins the championship. Um, So, you know, uh, and Mark, I'm going to let, I'm going to swing this over to you because this is a fact that you found out in your research um, of Vince's uh, coaching career. Well, so, all right. So, just real quick, yeah, it was Marcus Zimmerman from Manheim Central. Well done. Nice. Uh, Nailed it. Yeah. You can always find anything pretty quick. But um, so uh, speaking of finding things fairly quick, I don't know if you know this or not, but you are just under coaching. And maybe the statistics are wrong online. You're just under 70 wrestlers to top the 30 win mark over your uh, coaching career. You're at 69 total. So how does that how, how do you create like uh, that many studs? We're not talking about a tremendous amount of years here. How uh, what'd you do? What's the what's the. What's the secret? You know, if I you're willing I, to share it, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I, I think the big thing is just making sure you're doing stuff right, both as a as a as a wrestler and a human being. I mean, that's what you try to instill in these guys is like, listen, it's not just about wrestling. This is, yeah, and it sounds cliche, right? This teaches you about the wrestling teaches you about life, and if you're doing everything right. And you're, you're, you're doing everything you can. My, my thing is this is just at the end of the day, if you were, you know, if you were better today than you were yesterday, if you can look yourself in the mirror and say, Hey, I did everything I could, everything will work itself out. There's no doubt about it. Um, but you got to structure your practices. And I think the big thing that, um, that I do pretty well, and, and don't get me wrong. It's, there's a lot of guys that are doing this, but I think I, I, I do a good job of getting these guys to peak at the right time. There's times in the in the middle of the year I can tell you. I mean, our county tournament this year sucked bad. I mean, we were terrible, <laughs> and uh, and that's okay. Um, for me, it's okay because 
Because you took second in the state this year, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, you just to make sure that those guys, like, it, this was a year that was way different. Um, but right, obviously, you have to be able to have these guys peaking at the end of the year, and 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 every kid's different. You have to treat every kid different. Every you don't know, you know. I can tell you that I had a kid this year that just wasn't responding to my coaching style at all, um, and I called him out one way, and then I called him, and it didn't work, and I called him out a different way, and it worked. Um, so every kid is different. You coach the kid, you don't coach a system. I think when you, when you start coaching a system and you, and you insist on people buying into a certain system, I think that's when you, when, when you have some failures. Um, so for me, it's about coaching the kids and not the system. And I think that's, uh, you know, maybe what, what's helped me be successful. All right, Vince. So you've gone your career and you've had your ups and your downs, but you know, you've been at Hempfield forever, but there's not without just a little bit of a you know a blip in the radar here. You had a, you spent a couple years at Norwin. Talk about that situation. Uh, you eventually you know you left Hempfield for a time. You go over to Norwin and, and you spent some time there. Then ultimately come back to Hempfield this year. Talk about that situation. What all went into it? And obviously, I'm sure you're happy to be back at home at Hempfield. Yeah, I mean it was a. Um... It was obviously in my coaching career one of the toughest decisions I, I ever had to make. Um, but it was a situation where I felt like, um, you know, I had six, I believe, six day champs. Um, let's see, Kurt. Yeah, six day champs um, going into, you know, 2018, I think it was. And, you know, I feel like, um, you know, if any if any program has six state champs, if your six state champs is a whatever it is, you get treated you get treated pretty good. And it's not that we needed to be treated different, but I felt like we were constantly um, disrespected at at Hemfield um, due to some administration over there. Obviously, you guys are aware of the situation where we got disqualified. It was 2018. We were in the team playoffs. Um, we were the fifth seed. Seneca Valley was the fourth seed. We upset them. Uh, we had a kid that was kind of on. Um, he was struggling academically, went into the athletic director's office and said, Hey, here's the, here's the situation. This kid's struggling academically. You guys know it. I know it. Is he eligible to wrestle against, um, Seneca Valley? Uh, I got the go ahead that he was good to wrestle. We wrestled the next day. They tell me that, um, they made a mistake and he was ineligible. So we had to end up forfeiting that match. Obviously a situation where, um, you know, we would expect that an, an administrator would know the role. And if he didn't know the role, he would find, you know what it is, uh, or, or call the PIAA or do whatever it took. So this that that kind of stuff had, had gone on for a while, um, and I felt like it was important for me to make a stand at some point to um, to to make that th there was no way there was going to be any changes made um, if if someone didn't take a stand. So I was willing to give up what would possibly well, what, what would be uh, the following two years, two of the best teams that we've had at Hemfield in a long time. Um, so for me, um, you know, it, it took a while to weigh the options and, and weigh whether it was worth it or not. But for the long haul of the program, um, I was willing to make the sacrifice um, to, to leave. And it was kind of coincidental, or I guess not coincidental, but it was kind of BS the next year um, when I was actually my first year at Norwin, but they were wrestling Waynesburg um, in the playoffs, I think as a three seed. And they rolled a kid that was, uh, they said that uh, he missed too many classes and he wasn't eligible. And it was like two, it was like 20 minutes before weigh-ins. So they ended up pulling that kid. 
they ended Jeez. up losing to Waynesburg. And the problem was the kid had, had all the excuses he needed. Um, so it was just another bad ruling. So, you know, I made a decision at that point to go to Norwin. Um, and, uh, but I, I'll tell you, I haven't, I would not say one bad thing about Norwin, about their program, about their school district, and especially about the kids. I mean, I had, it was a, you know, you guys know that Norwin never had a state champ and, and Curtis is junior year. He ran into a, you know, a, a tough situation where he got hurt in the semis, broke his, he had a Liz Frank injury in the semis and, you know, tried to do the best he could to compete um, in the state finals and, and lost, um, but then came back. And that's another, uh, obviously a memorable moment that I'll never forget that is really close to having that first state champ is um, Curtis winning his first in, in Norwin's history. So it was, it was incredible. And that's super cool for Norman because, you know, his brother was obviously a stud right there knocking at the door. And Curtis, you, he was one of those guys that, you know, was always right there. And you thought he was always going to get it done, but never did. And for him to finally break through and win that, obviously, yeah. that was super, super, you know, cool. For sure. It was good for him. Good for the program. Good for, um, you know, everybody. It was good for guys like Altieri and Kranitz to, to see it. And, and there's some other guys there that have the ability to get it done. And, you know, I, I hope that I taught them, you know, some some things when I was there, especially about the work ethic. And, and um, you know, those guys to see them successful, you know, Kranitz was fifth and, and, and Altieri was in the state finals. You know, I'm proud of them and, and proud of everything that I did at, at, at Norwin. So, it, you're right, though. It was, it was good to be back. It's good to be back at Hempfield. Um, so what ultimately le what led into – okay, so you took the stand. You said basically gave, you know, I'm out. I'm going over to Norwin. You you do a couple years in Norwin. What took you – okay, I saw the changes I need to see. Let's come back to Hempfield. Well, I mean, we had a um, – so I ran for school board. So uh, so I'm on the school board at Hempfield. Um and, and I did that for the simple reason that I'm a firm believer that if you're going to, if you're going to bitch and complain about things, you better do, do your part to try to fix them. And, um, you know, is it ideally, love that, love that. Is it, I mean, it's not ideal to, to spend your money, especially when I have two little girls at home and, and, uh, my fiance, it's not super convenient for me to be on the school board at all. Um, right. you know, running a business and doing that stuff. But, you know, again, I, I don't, I don't want to be the, I, I bitched a long time. So I don't want to be the guy that says, Oh yeah, I complain about it and then not do anything. So we were able to, I think we we're able to make the changes in the athletic department that were great for all student athletes. Um, and once those changes were made, um, I think it was a slam dunk for me. Uh, well, the position opened and then, um, actually nobody applied. So, you know, I obviously had a, had a tough decision because I told those guys that I was in for the long haul at Norwin. Um, so I had a tough decision, but some things changed obviously in my life and some things changed and, um, and it was, it was really a, 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 it was really a conflict to be honest with you. I was really, you know, you want to go into Hemphill and you want to be proud when you're in the school board meetings and stuff like that. But I would have a Norwin wrestling shirt on, you know what I mean? So it was kind <laughs> of a, it was kind of a big conflict. So, you know, it was in the best interest of my family and me to, to get back to Hemphill. So I did and for the most part, I was, I was welcomed. I still have some guys that are, that are pretty upset that I left in the first place, to be honest with you. And, um, hopefully they got over it. Um, but there, there are some still some, some friendships that were, that were never really repaired. 
You know, and and it's tough. It, it, but, you know, when you make a stand like that and you kind of move on and you kind of do things, yeah, it might be tough. You might break a couple of relationships. But, you know, you turn it all around and, hey, man, coming right back to the party, first year back, you take second in the state. You know, you, you, yeah. you have, you know, one of the best teams in Hemfield history um, just loaded with talent up and up top to the bottom of your lineup. How fun was it? To coach those guys, obviously this year sucked as far as COVID and all those things. But as far as coaching the guys that you had, you know, obviously I became very close with Jeff Shaw, uh, one of your assistant coaches. Yeah. You know, and just talking about some of your wrestlers and your coaching style, uh, how fun was it to coach a group of guys like this just right off the bat this year? It was a lot of fun. I give a lot of credit to those guys, Jeff and and, and my staff, because we – and, and really, the administration allowed us to take. We had three paid positions. They allowed us to cut those um, in half. And then I had so I had six paid. I don't get paid because I'm on the on the school board. Um, but so we had six. We really had six paid coaches that they allowed us to have. And I thought that was That's important awesome. for not only the COVID because I was I was in and out a couple times with with having a newborn. And um, so they were they were awesome. And and my staff was really good. They deserve a lot of credit for everything. Um, for all our success this year. And I think the, um, but it was good. It was good to get back in there. And you're right. It was, it was odd because with the newborns at home, it was tough for me to get down. I did not coach my normal style as far as being on the mat. Um, mm. But I think that, um, um, but it, it, but it was good. Like I said, it had some ups and downs. We had a pretty decent Powerade tournament. We had a terrible County tournament, um, but those guys were getting ready to peak um, at the end of the year. And we did a good job with that. And they, and, and one of the, you know, our state tournament was, was just incredible. Um, you know, Isaiah was um, obviously the favorite to win the tournament and, and fell, fell short in the semis, but those guys picked themselves up and, you know, I can talk about each, each one of those individually and, and how proud I am of them and everything they've done because, you know, for Ethan to be a returning state champ and, and lose the first round and come back and, and take third and beat the kid that, that uh, that he lost to, and the same thing with Ty Linson. Bigler lost his first round match, came back and beat the kid that he lost to. Uh, Briar P- Briar obviously winning the state title and and um, and uh, and beating a kid that you know he thought when we were at the uh, Whippeal tournament there was no way he could compete with, and then constantly chipping away and eventually getting that um, you know that state title. So yeah, it was awesome, and we were. Um, we were, we didn't realize that there was a team trophy for second place. Um, we were we were in like fourth and third and then fifth, and we were going back and forth. But it it was pretty neat. We had one guy to wrestle, and it was Isaiah, and we were looking. It was between us and and Becca for um for second. And I looked mm-hmm. down. I said, "Holy hell, there's a trophy!" So we and that trophy was awesome. It's like the NCAA trophy. So we were all right, right, up. right. So we were up in the stands, and and I said, "If this Becca kid loses, um." I think we, I think we lock up second place. Sure enough, this Becca kid. Now we're all in the stands, everybody, but uh, I think Isaiah, cause he was down warming up, you know, all the kids, all the coaches. And this Becca kid was losing 14 to one to a kid from Belfont. It was right on the end, end mat. We're like, yeah, just take him down, get it over with. Right. And we're like, we sealed it up. <laughs> so this kid not only goes from 14, one, he gets taken down 14, three, then put on his back in a cradle for like 40 seconds. And we're oh, like, no. are you kidding me? So fine, we're cheering. And, and it was unbelievable. So he ended up not getting pinned. He ended up losing. The, the Becca kid ended up losing. So we sealed it up. So it was just a, just a neat experience for the kids, for myself. And, um, 
you know, I'm super proud of the way they competed at the end of the year. Proud of like Lucas Capusta, who who could have been there, Ethan Lieben, who could have been there. Um, so it it was a great year, and it was a good year to. Um, it felt good to be back with that kind of success. Definitely, and it was a great year. So again, congrats. Um, we're looking for more coming next year. But uh, so I I don't. Tra- this is traditionally Donnie's question, but I'm gonna steal it. So yeah, let's go. Might, I know you're a fan of the podcast, so I got two for you then. What was your favorite near fall pin as a coach and as a wrestler? Let's go. My favorite near fall pin. Near fall or pin. Yeah, near fall oh, or oh. pin. Okay. My One favorite of, yeah. as, as a uh, coach and as a wrestler. You might have had him on his back or you, you got it done. Um, let's go with um Kostrak on his back just because and – and I hope he's not watching because it beat the piss out of me right now. But um, <laughs> So probably Kostrak in the Whippeo finals when I had him on his back, I hit him with a knee tap, got him for five. So that would be my, my favorite there. Um, and the, my, favorite pin, my favorite pin is, is – I mean, my, the, the kid with his first state title because I was jumping off. I mean, my vertical is probably four inches. I think there it was like six. So, got I mean, that I extra two, like, stretched oh, it out, baby. It's unbelievable. <laughs> so – yeah, I mean, like, so that way, yeah, I mean, it was uh, – those are, those are two moments that I would, I would definitely stick out in my mind. All right, Vince, and I would be remiss as me no. as a golf fanatic to bring up this, man. You own a golf course. That is my life dream. How cool is that? Well, anytime you want to come over and, and I'll shatter that dream by the day-to-day shit that goes on <laughs> at a golf course, <laughs> let me tell you. So, no, it's uh, – it's it's awesome. I'm blessed. It was it's been in my family since uh, my family started Manor Valley in 1964, and I've been um, you know like I graduated in in 2003 from St. Vincent with a, a psychology degree. So my goal was never to you know get into the golf business at all. Um, so, but we, we had some some lean years. Um, the family struggled a little bit, so I decided to get into it um, and, and kind of see what I could do. Um, so there was there was ultimately it was three brothers, my grandpa and his two brothers had started it. Um, I eventually bought out two of the, two of the families. Um, and I am, so yeah, it's, it's, it, there's days where I sit back and I like pinch myself because it's, it's awesome, but it, it took me, um, I don't think it's podcast worthy, but maybe off, off the uh, podcast, I'll give you the background <laughs> on, on some of the, on some of the That's okay. That's okay. The exclusive maybe one day. Yeah. It's, it, it was a struggle. <laughs> there, man. I mean, it was family's not easy to work with and it's oh, not dude, easy to buy I out. Hear so. you, man. Yeah, I hear it was you. tough, but there's days it's, it's, it's amazing. And it's, um, you know, it's a dream come true. You're exactly right. But there's also days where, um, you know, I wish I could, uh, you know, buy a wrestling room somewhere and just coach wrestling for the rest of my life. So I hear you, man. I hear you. Well, Vince, man, we've been on for almost an, an hour now. Such a good story. So many things that we broke down tonight. Do you have anything else for me and Mark before we get off the podcast? Here? No, just that I, you know, obviously I appreciate you guys to reaching out and, and, and talking. Um, I don't know how popular my story is, but I appreciate the, the at least you two guys are interested in it. And um, so, awesome. Yeah, I appreciate everything you guys. I have a feeling do. it's going to go over pretty well, my friend. All right, thank you. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully, Kostrak don't listen to it though. <laughs> I hope he You're don't. worried about Kostrak. I don't want to hear it. 
You're worried about Koscheck. He tried to be on a side note. He tried I, when I was coaching the year I left Buffalo. I, I went and was helping the Hemfield team, and he he came to some tournament I was at. He wanted to beat the piss out of me there. I was, so I can imagine what he's like now. Just, <laughs> wow, that was man. before he was in MMA, so I can oh, imagine goodness. now. Yeah. So, but no, I uh, yeah, I appreciate you guys and everything you've done. And I appreciate the opportunity. Uh, Vince, thank you so much, man. Looking forward to come out and playing Manor Valley with you anytime, and uh, you know, just enjoying just the conversation. And that is all that we have for you this time on Near Falls with D Hall. Be sure to tune in next week. We'll have another story for you, or a recap, or whatever wrestling content for you guys. Thank you guys for tuning in. Enjoy your wrestling. We'll talk to you soon.